Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Walkman Magazine. My name is David Walker, the editor, and just as I have been doing this entire April, I am bringing you more from the 2017 Audio Chapbook Contest. This time, you're getting a preview, a sample of the winning chapbook, uh, which is Elliot Khalil Wilson's The Lunatic's Left Hand Man. You're going to get the first 10 minutes of that finished audio chapbook, and it's, a, it's about a 40-minute chapbook altogether, so this is a good chunk of it. Um, it's a fourth of it, which is, you know, very good, very good. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully that gives you a little sense of what it's like, and uh, you may consider going to the website and purchasing a copy of it and supporting both the author and the press. We would all really appreciate that because um, the whole book is is pretty great, and uh, we're very happy with, with the product here. Um, and so what's going to happen is you're going to get the preview, and then next month I am actually going to announce the winner of the 2018 contest, and I'm very excited to, to get working on that one as well, hopefully with a quicker turnaround than this one, and, um, you know, uh, uh, an issue a week as usual. So let's let's stop talking, and uh, let's just get to this preview, this sample of uh, The Lunatic's Left Hand Man by Ellie Khalil Wilson, first 10 minutes of it. Um, I really hope you en enjoy it. Also, before we get into that, one one last thing. Um, if we're talking about the Audio Chatbook Contest, it just makes sense to mention that it is starting again in just a few days. Uh, we are opening for submissions in May, and hope hope that you have something that you want to send us, and maybe you can can have your book, your chapbook, heard to the to the world. All righty, here we go. Let's get to it. The Lunatic's Left Hand Man by Elliot Khalil Wilson Winner of the 2017 Summer Audio Chapbook Contest by Golden Walkman Magazine Narrated by Elliot Khalil Wilson Produced by Golden Walkman Magazine Self-Storage When we were little, my brothers and I had to figure things out for ourselves. We lived by the interstate with the surf sounds of traffic and the downshift of diesels in a self-storage facility that was so vast we never saw our parents. One day we went out looking for them and that day never ended. We'd pull up the doors of the storage units like huge roll-top desks and find Air Force wives dressed like astronauts sitting on rented leather sectionals. Sometimes we'd find aging ballerinas in ill-fitting tights or men in gray suits wearing football helmets, but usually we'd just find dead mice and echoes. Once I found a hidden corridor littered with deer hunting magazines and playboys. We lit pages to find our way, but the corridor seemed to lengthen with our footsteps. Finally, it led us to the local mall where we bought a pewter dragon that was holding a magic crystal, but by the time we got back home, the crystal had chipped off its glue base and was lost among the dead deer and nudity of the corridor. 
The next day we opened up a unit and found Langston Hughes. Please, I asked him, we live on Peter Pan and lose our keys and shoes frequently. Are we right unscheduled? Will you tell us one true thing? There was a silence strange and profound as the absence of birds. When we were little, my brothers and I had to figure things out for ourselves. Minnesota can't complain. And I'd like to add that I will cultivate a fruitless obsession with weather, become a font of weather cliches. I will wear the denim jumper, drive the aerostar. I will little league hockey in voice. I will drag my oars across the plains. I'll be white, really white, all the way white, grow bitter and pale like a flurry of aspirin. I'll emote like a frozen stump. I will can't complain. Gun in my mouth most nights, but can't complain. Might rain, might snow. I will jog like a buffalo. I'll run my lutefisk off. No more streaking. No more peeing on the sub-zero pansies. I will date good Lutherans. No more hookers. I'll marry a blonde woman. I will not be fussy. I'll have ten blonde babies. Name them all Olson. Olson. Send them all to St. Olaf, where they'll all double major. I'll be decent. Give my dog heart decency like a twice-boiled bone. My dog heart can't complain. No more saying while I taste like ass. I will roost and fret like a Northfield father. My jogging stroller not filled with discount vodka. Kool-Aid for the blood of Christ. I'll be a terrifying shirt and tie. I'll pretend to like snow. I'll hot dish, I'll potluck, make cheese balls like haystacks, like moons. I'll recycle my paper, my plastic, my cans, throw the rest of the stuff in the river. I will tweed in Swedish cars. I'll make the meeting, the meeting, and all the bad coffee and bars. No more dispersing like a Baptist, like a turkey through the corn. I will stay and stay like there is no leaving. I will linger like the British Empire. I will shoot in holy buckets. No more fucking this and that. I will pilgrimage to the Mall of America. I will go with... I will crawl the last mile on my knees. I will join the Lutheran bell choir, ring my bell like my back ain't got no bone. Might rain, might snow, pumpkin size, hail, and fair bow, but can't complain. I will ride to the Rice County Steam and Gas Show on a floating raft of fried cheese curds. I will heap praise on this year's Miss Steam. You betcha. I will not use the phrase bovine horror. I will purchase the assorted winter squash. I will rhubarb. I'll adapt to the absurdly large portions. I will goose hunt with Jesse Ventura and let him smash me with a folding chair. I will not weep for murdered geese. I'll be big and large and heartlandish. I will ATV to beef auction, then drive my snowmobile to chapel. I will carve a life-size butter gazebo, complete with working swing. Might rain, might snow, but can't complain. Up at Rainier Hunting Camp The night before, I'd set out carton after carton of Weight Watchers' frozen entrees as bait and in the morning I'd walk the rim of the hollow with my rifle, ready for anything. Then I heard Martin cry out. He was down in the clearing, wrestling with an angel, and just like in high school, none of the moves Martin tried seemed to work. He tried the double-leg takedown. He whipped for the up-and-under move, the Russian tie, the flying armbar. But when your opponent has wings, none of that works. It just makes you look stupid and feel humiliated and small. After five minutes, a lifetime, the angel had him pinned. It was even starting to get that serene smile on its face. That's when I shot it through the head. It dropped like a grouse, and this the fourth one this month. The old woods are infested with angels. The previous Sunday, Martin bagged one that was pressing my face into the pine straw with its perfect foot. Buff, this one really ripped. It must have been 2% body fat. The week before, Valerie skewered one through the neck with her compound bow. It had cornered Robin and was muttering something at her in Latin with her little rosebud lips. Robin said she was glad now she failed Latin in college. 
But there are two strange things about all this. The first is that dead angels vanish, no matter if they're buried under the azaleas, hung up in the carport, or locked in the deep freezer in the basement with my bass fillets. In the blink of an eye, they're back in the woods like maverick moons. Feathers are all that remain, which we take for pillows and wonderful comforters. Strangest of all is that angels don't bleed. Their heads are filled with dry honeycomb, and though they're as heavy as minivans when you fight them, their bodies are airy, hollow, like something eaten by termites. Wedding Vows And I'd like to add that I will mind like a dog. I will wear whatever you like. I'll go wingtip. No more white socks. A necktie stitched to my throat. Turtlenecks in August. New York gray or black. Only colors that dogs can see. I will know of squash, vermouth, and wedges. I'll do all the grilling because I love it so. I will drive the wagon, man the bar, weed whack compulsively. I will make money, the bed, never a to-do. I will build like an Egyptian, a two-mile pier complex, a five-story deck. I will listen like a bat, attend to the birth of sounds in the back of your throat. I will remember like an Indian elephant, recall requests made of me in a previous life. Your date of birth will be carved in the palm of my hand. I will make good. I will do right. I will sleep on the pegboard on the wall in the garage. I'll have a tongue like a sperm whale, eyes like a harp seal, biceps like a fiddler crab. I'll have gold coins, gold rings, stiff gold hair like shredded wheat. I'll be golden at receptions, gold in your pocket, Paganini in your pants. Money will climb over the house like ivy. Excellent credit will be my white whale. I will always, I will every day, I will nail the seat down. I will let you pretend I am your father. I will be a priapic automatic teller machine, never down, never a usage fee, a stock profit, a pair of mutual seer, tractable, worshipful, no matter what. I will always want to. I won't notice what you don't point out. I will entertain your friends, say how your love saved me. I will convince them. I will talk, really talk to them. Deep meanings will be toothpicked and passed around. I'll need zero maintenance. I'll be your utility or a railroad. There'll be no breakdowns or disconnections. I'll allow you lovers, Moroccan teenagers and Turkish men. I will adopt them. I will not cry. I'll respond to grief by earning more. My sweat will smell like drug money. Like white bread baking, I'll be as clean as a Mormon, wholesome like Iowa. I will lead. I'll be a star, a rock, like Rock Hudson. Uncle Frank meets Charlton Heston. He was taller than your tallest tall friend. That's what Uncle Frank would always say. Frank worked as the janitor at the Student Center at the University of Georgia, and Charlton Heston was there to drum up support for the NRA and the Republican Party, which is like going to Florida and campaigning for oranges. Frank said there were barrels of people, most of them in camo and mossy oak clothes. Frank said Heston looked like a model in the Sunday ads. Slick as a whistle, with a thunderbolt smile. When I imagine the scene, I think of the distances between the two men. Charlton Heston there in a Brooks Brothers suit and a Borelli shirt, and Uncle Frank just barely taller than his trash can chariot in his blue service jumpsuit and cardboard insoles. A man who stole cleaning supplies and forgotten textbooks to keep the lights on at the tar people shamble he called a house. Like a different species, I thought, but Uncle Frank would never give in to that kind of thinking. Uncle Frank waited for his chance for the sea of people and reporters to part and present a clear path to the only celebrity he ever gave a damn about. Not what you would call a moviegoer. Frank had nevertheless seen all his movies and even named his runt beagle Moses in Heston's honor. The cleaning cart brought Frank some space the way a shopping cart gets you some space at the thrift store. Then it happened. Heston looked Uncle Frank right in the eye. It was like shaking hands with a bald eagle, Uncle Frank is fond of saying. 
Neither man said a word. That's just how solemn the whole thing was. I said you should have refused to shake his hand and said, Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Uncle Frank said that's what a boy would say and that I should grow up or shut up. And that Christmas, and every Christmas after, Frank always bought me some kind of a weapon.